Let me talk to you and all of you listening on Facebook and YouTube a little bit about these next few, this next week or next couple of weeks. Uh, tomorrow, we will have services at normal, 7.30, 10 o'clock, and 12.30. But we're doing something we don't normally do, and that's we're closing the 3 o'clock. Everybody say, no 3 o'clock. Now, the reason for that is not the storm. The reason for that is during COVID-19, uh, especially at East, I think North is okay, but especially at East and Maine and South, transportation is very, very difficult on a normal day, not counting a typhoon coming day. So we're going to do services at 7.30, 10, and 12.30 at all of our, main, at all of our campuses, but then it, we're going to cancel the 3 o'clock and tell everybody just to be home so that you don't get stuck someplace. And everybody said? Now, Next weekend, I want to ask that you help me. Next weekend, prayerfully today, we'll finish up Sword of the Spirit. Next weekend, I want to preach a sermon called Return to the Flame. Everybody say, Return to the Flame. And I really want you to work hard on getting all your Connect Group members, all the new people that got saved, all of your family members. I want you to really work hard on getting them in a service. Now, if people are not comfortable with the 30% capacity in 10 o'clock and 3 o'clock, well, they can do Friday night, they can do Saturday night, they can do 7.30, they can do 12.30, but let's get people in church. Be safe, be prudent, but let's be in church in Jesus' name. And then that's returning to the flame, and then the next weekend we're going to try to start getting back into semi-normal services. Uh, the Department of Health has given us new instructions. We can go back to two-hour services. I won't go back to two-hour services right away, all right? We're going to slowly phase things back in, uh, slowly be adding things back to the services, slowly be adding things back to the calendar, but we still want to be prudent. Now, choirs can again practice according to the last... Um, uh, Department of Health situation that we got, but choirs, there's going to be some pretty strict rules that the government has placed on us for choir practices. Uh, we had our first special number since COVID-19 in our drive-in service this morning at 7.30, uh, but we have, again, strict rules, no sharing of microphones, these things. And, and folks, I would just ask that you all be patient because we're trying to be very submissive and cooperative with the government. And everybody said... Now, I know in some nations the governments are using this to persecute churches, but that is not the case in our land. The government's doing everything they can to help us get church open again. I can't hear you. So, you know, a little cooperation on our part is, is all that they're asking for, and we can do that in Jesus' name. Amen? So, we, you know, as we do bad things, singers, we're going to ask that you be cooperative. Uh, dancers, you notice we only allow a couple here on the top level, none running around down below where sweat could go off on somebody. But we, we've got lots of little things that they have placed on us, and we really want to try to be cooperative with that. So please, everybody, be patient as we slowly start reopening. We do not want to go back like France or Spain or Belgium or Germany. Uh, I got an email from Marcus this week. They are under total lockdown in Germany again. Does anybody here want to return to total lockdown? No. So let's be cooperative. Face mask, wash our hands, shields. Let's do all the things that we're asked to do and move forward in Jesus' name. Remember, I've been preaching to cars all morning, honking at me. You got to make a little noise. Okay, especially Saturday night, because Saturday morning is the horn honking festival, all right? 
Would you open your Bibles, please, to the book of Lamentations, chapter 2. Lamentations, chapter 2. I was talking with a young man the other day, and he's been reading Lamentations. And he said, Pastor, it is so sad. I said, I know, but there are some real gems in there, and here's one of these gems. Now, we've been learning together that God is a God who restores. Everybody say, he is my restorer. We learned that he restores our comfort, which is our sense of relaxed in our soul. We'll get later on into he restores our soul completely. We've talked about he restores us to full health, not partial health. We've learned together now that he restores our fortunes. And we learned that as he restores our fortunes, he restores them like the streams in the Negev. This giant, you know, all of a sudden a desert begins to bloom like this. That is a desert in the Negev. But when the streams begin to flow, everything begins to bloom and it's a suddenly... And so it will be in your life. As God restores twofold, there will be a, a, just a sudden doubling of blessings in your life as God restores everything that this COVID-19 has destroyed. But we said that there are some things that God asks of us. We learned that God asks of us that we pray for those who kicked us when we were down. There's no bitterness. There's no resentment left in our heart. Last week, we learned that God asks of us to reestablish relationships with people who have failed us in our difficult times. Now, I want to go on from there and begin to learn that in order to restore fortunes, God requires a confrontation with the Word of God and true repentance. Everybody say, a confrontation with the Word and true repentance. Lamentations 2.14. Your prophets, he said, not my prophets. He said, these are your prophets. Your prophets have seen for you false and deceptive visions. They have not exposed your iniquity to restore your fortunes. Notice, they have not exposed your iniquity, and the purpose of that is to restore your fortunes. But have seen for you oracles that are false and misleading. Now, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this tonight, but I want you to notice, first of all, he said, your prophets. Everybody say, the people's prophets. These were not prophets that God sent. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 9. For it is a lie they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. So there are people that we choose to influence and to speak into our life. But God never sent them. There are people that God has sent into our life. There are men and women of God that God places in our lives. And these are the people that, that God expects us to listen to. But then there are these other, yeah, that come around. And he said, you chose them. Everybody say, we chose them. Paul says it like this in 2 Timothy 4, verse 3, English Standard Version. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears and will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. New International Version. They will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. New Living Translation, they will look for teachers to tell them whatever their itching ears wants to hear. But Paul said, Timothy, listen, in the last days, one of the things that you're going to find is not preachers gathering up people, but people gathering up preachers. Everybody say, people gathering up preachers. They, they pick and choose who they want to listen to, and they want to listen to whoever tells them what they want to hear. And so you find these false prophets working very hard at popularity, working very hard at being cool, because they want to be chosen. They want to be what? 
And God said, listen, these are your prophets. They're not the men and women of God that I've sent into your life. There are people that have postured for you and they've said things to you and they've tried to make you feel good. He said, you know what? Because of those lies they've prophesied to you, your fortunes have not been restored. Now, Paul tells us that the role of a pastor sometimes is not very popular. He tells young pastor Titus, this is a young pastor, he said, declare these things, and he's given them doctrines that they were to declare. He said, exhort and rebuke, exhort and what? Exhort and rebuke with all authority. He said, let no one disregard you. He said, don't let anybody just refuse to pay attention to you. In other words, Timothy or Titus, get in their face once in a while. You've got to get in their face sometimes and bring a word of rebuke. He says to young Timothy, 2 Timothy 4, verse 2, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with great pay, or with complete patience and teaching. He says again to young pastor Titus, Titus, he must hold firmly to the trustworthy word is taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also rebuke those who contradict it. Now, you keep looking at these words and you begin to see Paul was telling young Pastor Titus and young Pastor Timothy, your role is not to, to have everybody agree with you. Your role is, is not to get everybody to like you. Your role is to teach the word of God. I didn't hear you. But he said, now listen, guys, in the last days, there's going to be a whole different spiritual atmosphere beginning to change. And this is where the your prophets come along. Now, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 15, it says, The elder and the honored man is the head, and the prophet who teaches lies is the tail. Is the what? Now, please forgive the grossness of my illustration, the indelicateness of my illustration, but I am a dog person. How many people here love dogs? What comes out of the tail? The poo. It smells. It stinks. That's what lying prophets produce. If you want to look at their fruit, that's what they produce. He takes it a step farther. Jeremiah chapter 531. He said, the prophets prophesy falsely and the priests rule at their own direction. And my people love to have it so. Jeremiah 6 verse 13. Or look at, just look at verse 14. He said, these false prophets, they have healed the wound of my people lightly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Verse 11 of chapter 8, they have healed the wound of my people lightly by saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. God said, listen, these, these false prophets come along and they say a few nice words. And those, those few nice words that they say, heal the wound of my people lightly. Everybody say, band-aids. Now, you've got an eight-inch gash in your arm, but these guys will put a little Band-Aid on it. He said, they don't heal the wounds completely. They heal the wounds lightly. Now, beloved, how many of you want to see fortunes restored to your family? Would you raise your hands up high? Put your hands up high. Then notice what Lamentation says. He's very, very clear. He said, they have not exposed your iniquity to restore your fortunes. There are times that as a pastor, we preach things, and it's not popular, and it's challenging people to live a holy life. It's confronting people with their sin. And the purpose of that confrontation is never to hurt people. The purpose of that confrontation is to restore the fortunes to their life. I didn't hear you. You, you see the sin in your life, and you come to God and repent. 
And in that time of repentance, the blessings begin to flow again. I, I didn't hear you. So when you read your Bible and you're challenged, when you hear a sermon and you're challenged, don't get angry. Just say, you know what? God's always right, and I need to change. Everybody say, God's always right, and I need to change. It's in that humility of repentance. It's in that humility of confronting our wrong and repentance that fortunes are restored to our lives. God, God wants you to repent not to hurt you. God wants you to repent to bless you. All right, that's my offering thought and my communion thought. Would you stand with me, please? Would you take out your communion emblems? Now, we've been using these new type of communion emblems. <laughs> They're really expensive. But this is what we need to do so that we can have communion at this time. And everybody said? Now, I'll be blunt with you. We're, we're working on trying to import a machine and make our own. So we can really cut our cost and we can make them a little nicer too. Um, but this is what we have for right now. And this is what we need to do for right now. So this is what we do for right now. And everybody said? Ulitanathan, this bread... This bread represents his body. Represents his body. That was hung on a tree for me. To take the curse of the law. To redeem me from the curse of poverty. From the curse of family destruction. From the curse of failure. From the curse of the plague that sticks. And that the blessings of Abraham. And the, and the covenants of promise, the of promise flow to my life. To my life. I, remember I remember what he did for me. What he did for me. Let us partake of the bread together. Ulitinat in this cup. This cup represents his blood, represents his blood that, washed away that washed away all my sin, all my sin and every day, and every day washes, away all my sin. washes away all my sin. I am clean, I am clean by the blood of Jesus. I remember what he's done for me. Let us partake of the cup together.
Last week I shared with you how everything is fine with the church finances. God has been good to you and you have been faithful to God. Can you give the Lord a clap offering for that? But let me just give you another little thing this week about the faithfulness of God's people. During the 10% between our drive-ins and our Fortress 91 and our services under 10%, we were averaging around 5,500 people in attendance every week here at COP. Last week, we began to come out of the COVID-19 a little bit more, we were up to 6,500. I don't know what this week will do with, you know, we had typhoons coming last week, we got another typhoon coming this week, but our people will be faithful. And so be thankful to God for faithful, for faithful church mates. And everybody said, as a pastor, I've been so proud of our people during all of this time, starting first with the drive-in services and now coming back into services live. Your patience, your faithfulness, you are just awesome. Would you give each other a clap offering? All right, that was my offering thought and my communion thought. When you're ready, come, bring your tithe and your seed before the Lord.